With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As you used to drive that old busted joint. See, I drive the new hotness. Old and busted, new hotness. Hotness. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team downloaded the dynasty Warzone podcast it took one day joined the patreon reached out to memphis about a situation with one of my rosters and the kind of feedback i got was hey nick why don't you give me a call uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when i thought i was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year and that's just part of what comes with the patreon uh, just tr- uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family what's happening guys happy tuesday and welcome to the dynasty Warzone, aka the devi Warzone. i am your host i am memphis and you can follow along on twitter at dwz memphis and we have got a very special switcheroo show for you tonight so this show is going to be the rookie five question game tight end edition with Garrett Price of the Dynasty Nerds. That's right, that Garrett Price, those Dynasty Nerds. He's going to jump on with me here in just a few minutes, and we're going to break down this year's tight end class. Looking looking a little hopeful. Every year we're hoping to, to add one or two tight ends to the, the mix. It always feels like you've got Travis Kelsey, you've got George Kittle, uh, we kind of felt like Mark Andrews was the answer last year. This year, we think maybe it's TJ Hawkinson. Maybe Zach Ertz leaves in Philadelphia in the offseason, and Dallas Goddard can emerge. But the tight end position, all in all, has been a very feast or famine. If you got one of the big two or three, Darren Waller, where are my manners? Love Darren Waller. Killed it in the semifinals of championships this past weekend. But we're going to talk tight ends and the tight end position here in just a few with Garrett. I do want to keep the intro open, as promised. Uh, There is no Jerry, but the reason why there is no Jerry today is that we've moved Mock Draft Monday 
to Mock Draft Tuesday. So in order to get Garrett on, obviously the holidays, a lot going on for everybody. Wanted to get Garrett on on a Monday because it was better for him. And you always do what's best for your guest. And we're going to talk tight ends. But tomorrow we're going to do a, uh, we'll call it Dynasty Warzone Christmas party. We're going to have uh, hopefully Maddie Big Chest, Dr. Kyle, myself, Jerry, and maybe one other special surprise. And we're going to do a one round, maybe two round startup mock draft. That's right. Startup mock draft. Why a startup mock draft? Well, first of all, why not? And it's not going to be all rookies all the time. We're going to talk a lot about rookies tonight here with Garrett. But tomorrow we're going to do a one, at least a one round, maybe a two round super flex tight end premium. What has this season to date? And I think we've seen enough through 15 weeks to make some evaluations and some re-evaluations. So stick around. A lot of good stuff coming up. Five-star reviews. Thank you. I know last week I had to lay into a one-star review. Uh, the criticism was unfair. Uh, but Mike444, man, we're going to stick to it, brother. Appreciate your uh, your comments. So five-star reviews. Three more last week and we're just an eyelash away. We're five away from 200. You know, in the spirit of giving, um, just subscribe and leave us that five-star, man. Pause the podcast if the podcast player you use, because I know not all of them do, but if the podcast player you use has the ability to rate and review the show, man, do that for us. It would mean a ton. And going forward, I'm going to read the best one each week. So let's read one real quick. This one came from Podbean, and I got it on Sunday. And it says, I just started listening to podcasts this year. Have about 20 different ones I've been listening to. I recently found the DWZ, and it has quickly become my favorite pod to listen to. The only one I look for daily. Keep up the great work, guys. So, man, that makes me feel super good. We've added new podcasts this year, kind of haphazardly. Uh, we're going to announce the full calendar for 2021 here soon. But um, Jay123, uh, I really appreciate that review on Podbean. Means a ton. And we're going to continue to give you good content even during the holidays, even during the off season. And if you wanted to leave a trade, I mean, you guys can leave a trade in your five-star reviews. Jerry and I will knock it out. Or me and Maddie. Or me and Kyle. Or whenever we can. So on uh, again, on my promise of keeping this thing short, this intro short, I'm going to tell you what's on the horizon, and that is tomorrow on the Dynasty War Zone, we're doing that mock draft. In the rear view, man, over the weekend, we did the people's prop cast from my pickup truck and went 2-1 and one on my props, 18-6 and six on the year in eight episodes of the prop cast. So if you just tune in, that thing pays for itself. And man, don't sleep on the war zone. If you love football, if you love dynasty football, fantasy football, betting on football, rookies, we have so much coming up just to name a few things. And the off season is going to be huge. Please follow us everywhere you can. And if you're not on social media, you can email me. The email address is dynastywarzone at gmail. It's really that simple if you're avoiding social media. But if you're not, if you are on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow the shows at the uh, Instagram at Dynasty Warzone, Twitter at Dynasty Warzone. We're going to jump in. We're going to talk Dynasty, but I want to make sure to let you know that this show is brought to you by the Patreon, patreon.com 
forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And we continue to add new members. We just added Jeremy over the weekend. He he didn't know what he walked into. We're, we're wrapping up our patron leagues championships coming up. I made one. I can't beat Whitney. She's impossible. She is uh, my Achilles heel. She takes me down easy. If uh, I'm Connor McGregor, she is Khabib. Khabib. She just beats me every time. So a lot of fun over there. And we're going to be doing startups here in February. And if you're if you're just getting started with Dynasty and you're looking to grow, looking to do some big stuff, we'd love to have you at the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. Uh, if you join the league in February, you're guaranteed to be in a league with either me or Jerry or our graphics guru, Matty Biggs, uh, our chief medical consultant, Dr. Kyle, our soon-to-be named mystery redraft co-host. It's a lot, man. The group chat today on Monday the 22nd had over 150 messages. If you're looking for a group chat that's very active, talking dynasty, talking football, and you're ready to take your dynasty game to the next level in 2021, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone is the place to go. We're making dynasty champions. And speaking of dynasty champions, let me go get Garrett Price. Garrett is a champion in his own right. Let's see what he has to say. Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. All right, and here he is, as promised, it is Garrett Price. Man, I am super excited to have this guy joining me tonight, uh, following in a long line of great guests as we're starting to kick off a little bit of rookie content here at the Dynasty Warzone. Again, tonight's guest is Garrett Price. He's a writer and a podcaster for the Dynasty Nerds. Yes, those Dynasty Nerds. He is a former Malone University footballer termed film grinder. He's a hardcore Cleveland Browns fan, and he can be found on Twitter at Dynasty Price. Garrett, man, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks so much for having me back. I think this is, I think this is round three for me. It's round, three or four, anyway. Three or four, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, this is one of the shows that I always enjoy coming on. You know, uh, there, there's some shows you go on and, and and you do them to be nice, and you know, it's you, you get in, you get out, and then there's other shows that you're like, man, I actually look forward to this show. So this is this is one of the ones I look forward to. Well, not only are you third in a long line of great guests, but you're back-to-back guests that I've actually got to hang out with live and in person. So hey, uh, was it, it was two summers ago, the summer of nineteen. I went and hung out with uh, Nick at the Spartan race. There, technically, it was called the Indiana Spartan, but it was actually the it was in Ohio, just across the border. Oh, really? Yeah, and we we uh, it's in the Cincinnati area. And uh, then I met you last year at the Combine when we were still yeah. able, illegally, just barely, because it was February. Just barely. 
just before all of that got shut down. But man, how, how was everything in Ohio? Um, how was life with the family and the nerds? And uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, man, I'm doing well. Dynasty Nerds is it's doing really well, man. We've been we've been growing. Uh, the the team. It, it seems like every day I feel like there's there's new people on the team. And it, I remember when that was me, and you know I knew everyone on the team, and you know I was so excited to meet all the new people. And now I'm at the point where I'm just I'm just trying to keep my head above water, meeting everyone new. And you know someone will comment at me on Twitter. I'm like, oh, who's this guy? And then I find out he's one of our writers. And uh, so you know it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a blessing. A lot of really, really great guys. Matt and Rich are, you know, they're they're Matt and Rich. Uh, they're 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 still legends in this space and great dudes. So uh, that's been going really, really well. The fam's doing well. Uh, my my young or my older daughter, she's five. She's been able to do actually in person kindergarten, which uh, is I think kind of rare for for most people. So that's been pretty cool. My youngest daughter, she's she's a who she runs she runs the show. She's three years old. But she runs the show around here, so uh, everyone's doing well. Looking forward to the holidays and a time to just you know slow down a little bit. Well, man, it's great to have you back on. And one thing I didn't know before we get into the football content, I'm going to hit you with a curveball, but I didn't know they named a university after Post Malone. I mean, he's good and all, but Post Malone University, great. You know what? We actually joked about that. Like after, uh, I'm a little too old for it, but like uh, a lot of the the kids I knew that were graduating in like 17, 18, 19, uh, we joked about starting like a college group for them called Post Malone. Oh man, that would be great for like after the, graduation. The, yeah, the alumni group should be called Post Malone. It really should. <laughs> I don't know why a, that hasn't happened. A fantastic turn Everyone of phrase. Yeah, you, you can recommend that the, the next alumni dinner. Yeah, uh, but but I want to talk to you real quick about quarterbacks. Now I've okay. been I've been as tough as anyone on your man's Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. but I will be the first to admit that I love the growth that I've seen out of Baker, and honestly, not just on the field but professionally. It just seems like I don't know if it's married life, I don't know if it's Kevin Stefanski, um, and then the the development of a guy like Josh Allen, a guy who yeah. was seen as erratic, seen as just an athlete. Um, just I wanted to use this as like I wanted to pick your brain for a second. What does this mean for guys like Mitch Trubisky? Is he going to get that extra year in Chicago? Obviously, they're five hundred. They're not quite in the playoffs. They need a little help with the Cardinals to lose, and they've got a pretty favorable schedule to win out. And I wanted to use it as a reminder for prospects. Obviously, we're going to do quarterbacks with uh, with another guest. But, you know, prospects like Trey Lance and like Mac Jones, you have to give these guys a little time to develop. So how are you feeling about Baker? And is the, the, the I guess, year three development of Baker and Josh Allen give you hope for some, I guess, more developmental quarterbacks? Yeah, I've been thrilled with what we've seen out of Baker. And I know that there were some some lower points in the season where people were really wondering what was going on. And part of that was, He's he's on another new offense that he's had a new offense that he's been dealing with. I think this is his fourth coordinator in three seasons. That's that's a lot for a young quarterback to go through. Uh, all the different head coaches that we've had as well. So there's just been a lot of turmoil. But I think there's a few things. One, Kevin Stefanski's offense is a really really good fit for the things that Baker Mayfield does good. Uh, getting outside of the pocket, we've seen how effective he's been there. Um, a lot of the play action stuff, it's been really effective for him. But I think another thing that's kind of been lost in the shuffle of all of the things that have gone on with the Browns this year and all the things going on specifically with Baker Mayfield is we had two of the worst tackles 
in football last year, left tackle and right tackle. It was atrocious. And that was part of the reason we kept seeing Baker rolling out, rolling out, rolling out. He couldn't step up in the pocket. He didn't feel comfortable stepping up in the pocket. And so these weren't designed rollouts. It was just he panicked, would roll out and get sacked, or you know he would he would chuck something up. And I think that's a big thing, too, that hasn't been talked about enough is the development of, of getting uh, Conklin on the right side and Jedrick Wills on the left side has just really solidified things, given him that time that he needs in the pocket because that is something that he still isn't great at. He's not great under pressure, but when you give the kid a clean pocket, he can make things happen and he can get things done. And I think that's what we've seen this year. Josh Allen has been a great, great development as well. Um, I know that they've been working a lot with his mechanics. He's been working with uh, Carson Palmer's brother, Jordan, uh, and, and really implementing a lot of things in, in Josh Allen's game. So that's been really great for him. So, yeah, it, it's definitely a position where you need to give it some time to develop. But it's, it's, it's tough because GMs, even more so now than ever, are as soon as it, it looks like that might not be your guy, you don't have the time necessarily to say, well, let's just hold out a little longer and see because – there might be another prospect just as good in the next year's class. And you have to find your quarterback now because if, if you don't have your quarterback, you, your chances of being successful in the National Football League are almost zero. Nope, I agree. And I know I, I tricked you into coming on to talk about tight ends, but I just, <laughs> I just found that fascinating because I, I'm always going to admit when I'm wrong. And obviously I thought we had enough of a sample size on Baker and I really think he's playing like the guy that I, I thought he could be a slightly better version of Kirk Cousins. Obviously, yeah. Kirk Cousins had some good years with Stefanski in this offense, and, and I thought that would have been a, a fair – I think Baker is about an equal athlete, got a better arm. Uh, Cousins has got more time uh, as, a, as a pro. But, I mean, in, in Kirk has had some back-end QB1 seasons for fantasy. I, mean, I know Baker's creeping up, man. He's like QB15 or 18 or something. Yeah, so, I've been surprised. He's got the Jets, the world-beater Jets, and uh, <laughs> the, the this Pittsburgh Steeler team that you and I are, are keeping an eye on. But, man, so what we're doing with, with the five-question game, so all I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you about five of these tight ends in no, okay. particular, in no particular order, except I am going to save the best for last. Um, right. I'm just going to ask you who these guys are, what they do well, and I'll just you know I'll just start with my first question. So my first tight end on the board tonight is Pat Fryermuth. I hope I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing that com- com- you know correctly. He's a big tight end in that Penn State mold. Who is this guy? Yeah, he is. He's a very big physical tight end, uh, very good blocker. Unfortunately, uh, had an injury that cost him the season this year. So this could end up being one of the guys that could slip a little bit due to that injury. But if he slips at all, it's going to be a slam dunk because preseason, there was kind of this debate as to who's the top tight end of the class. Is it Fryermuth? Is it Revan Jordan? Is it Kyle Pitts? All three of them looked fantastic. And at preseason, you could have made a really strong argument for any of the three. Now, I think one of them has really solidified themselves as the top tight end, and I'm sure that's the one we're saving for last year. But uh, Fryermuth's a really, really talented player can do a little bit of everything, but he's definitely got more of that uh, prototypical build that you would see out of a tight end. All right. And what does he do well? What skills has he taken from Penn State, which, uh, you know, they had Mike Gusecki go to the NFL recently. Yep. What what does he do well? Is he is he the same as a Gusecki? Is he more athletic? Well, it'd be hard to be more athletic. Yeah. But it, maybe is he a better blocker? What does he do well? 
Yeah, Jacecki uh, was a, definitely a better overall athlete. Uh, and, and it's tough because you get sick of hearing these comps. And this isn't a comp to this player, but just think of it as, a, as an archetype. He's in that that Rob Gronkowski more of a mold. Not this crazy, crazy athlete, but very good blocker. Definitely has the size and the build to do it, but he's he's a good technician at the position as well. And he's going to win, not necessarily because he's going to have this absurd vertical or he's going to be blazing fast, but he's going to run really good smart routes and he's going to be sh- – stronger than anyone at the catch point and he can do a little bit after the catch just because he's so tough to bring down so i'm not saying he's necessarily a below average athlete but it's not anything that you're gonna be drooling over from an athletic profiles perspective well i, I like that i've been, been a big fan of gronk uh so what does he not do well what is he gonna have to work on as he transitions to to the nfl um you know maybe it's blocking uh, maybe it's his hands. I don't know. What, what what does he not do well, and what's going to need polished? Yeah, that's the that's the nicest part about Fryermuth. I would say that he has probably the most well rounded game uh, out of all of the prospects that we're going to see. Um, I do I do think that there are things that he can work on some some nuanced things. He's like I said, he is a very good blocker, but there are times where you see him get a little overwhelmed. So uh, things like getting a wider base, things like uh, a little bit stronger at the punch point, different things like that. Uh, but it's more just fine tuning more than, hey, there's a really, really obvious hole here that needs fixed. But the the biggest I would say, quote unquote, weakness is he's just not going to out athlete anybody. That's never going to be something he does. He's not going to be making uh, these these circus catches where he's jumping over guys and and mossing people. That's not going to be his game. He's going to be more of the rumbling, bumbling, you know, type of type of tight end. You know, that doesn't bother me because at me personally, I have found that the the really amazing athletes. And I'm going to go to a guy that that you know well there in Cleveland, David and Joku. Yeah. When, when you've leaned on your athleticism your entire life, you don't know anything else but to try to out athlete everybody. But in the NFL, everyone <laughs> is an amazing yeah. is an amazing athlete. And you know when, when you come to the pros and you have to bring your toolbox with you and what tools can you use, that does not bother me at all. No. Now here's a question that I will tell you that that Ray and Nick both really liked because what I'm trying to do is every year we fall for the the landing spot corollary. Oh, hey, this guy is, you know, done this. So, you know, or, or he had great draft capital. What I want to know is is whose scheme do, does he fit? So, is there an NFL system that would fit real well, maybe a team that runs a lot of two tight end sets that uh could really take advantage of his tools? I think a good fit for him would be um, would probably be in Pittsburgh. Honestly, uh, I think that's a team right now that uh, we do have Eric Ebron there at the moment. But we've seen them before when they've had a lot of success uh, as a team. It's not necessarily because they've had these really athletic tight ends, and Ebron is definitely more in the athletic mold. But they've had guys that can be uh, physical tight ends that can can do things in the cold weather, uh, can line up as a stand-up Y at times, which he'll be able to do. But I think you're, we're going to want him more as a traditional inline tight end. And I think he would be much better in that system there uh, in Pittsburgh than than maybe some of these other guys. Well, then you kind of already answered whose job is he going to take. So one oh. thing we're, we're trying to prepare our dynasty GMs for 
here on the war zone is if we think these guys are coming in, who's potentially at danger? So Eric Ebron, uh, obviously not a, a super coveted dynasty asset at this point in his career. He's kind of bounced around. He, it looked like he was going to have a bit of a streak, but he kind of does that right. ev- everywhere. And, you know, when I the more I hear you describe, you know, Fryermuth, the more I kind of hear a little TJ Hawkinson. I hear a yep. little George Kittle. Uh, William Blocker can, can line up in line, can can split out in the slot. So uh, depending on where he lands, it sounds like he would be a decent fit for the Colts and yep. my team here as a, uh, as a good fit for a team that likes to run the ball. And so I'm going to keep an eye on him. Let's go to another guy that I'm not super familiar with. Now, he plays in the Big 12 where defense is optional, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, his name is Charlie Kolar or Kohler. Kohler, he's a, yep. He's a tight end out of Iowa State. Big dude. Who is this man? Yeah, we, we've kind of talked about the two most big physical players first. Uh, so, so we talked about Fryermuth. Kohler is in a very similar mold. He's he's a very big player. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy that is also lined up on the line where. The other guys that we we're going to talk about, with the exception of one, I think are going to be more of your, um, you know, your your spread the field type guys, the ones that will do the stand up. Why he's not going to be doing that much at all. I think for the most part of all of these guys, he's going to be your most stereotyped uh, in line tight end. He's a very good blocker. He's a big physical guy. So I think that's the 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 mold that we're going to see him in. Okay, well, that's good to know because that allows me to start thinking through draft capital. Where would I be taking this guy in my rookie drafts, even in a tight end premium? Because typically guys that block, they get on the field sooner. True. But it depends on the offense. So before we get into that, what does he do well? What have you seen out of him in uh, Iowa? Not not the Iowa, not current tight end university with guys like Hawkinson and Kittle again, but Iowa State, they're down the road a little bit. What's he do well? Yeah, another guy that blocks really well, uh, very physical uh, on the line. He's very, very – he's got some very strong hands. You see a lot of tape where uh, guys coming through, hitting him on the arm, even early at times, and and he's just got the ball. Like, it's not going anywhere. So he's going to be uh, like a – Almost uh, this guy's too athletic for him, but but I was thinking of Mo Ali Cox at times when I saw him, just because he's just so big, so mean. He's not as athletic as Cox is, uh, but but yeah, he's just this big. Like I'm gonna go get the ball, like you know, like that's what I imagine him saying in my mind. All right, and uh, what does he not do well? What what's going to be a struggle? I, I I hear a lack of athleticism. Maybe that's a concern. Yeah, he's slow. He's slow. He's not fast at all. Uh, watching him, watching him run routes is is almost comical at times because it almost looks like this dude has some cinder blocks on his feet. But it's funny because there's still an like even though he's stiff as a board, he's not running fast. He's still making plays out there. So I'm interested to see what he does in uh, maybe some of the uh, the combine drills like. The, the gauntlet and some of that kind of stuff. I want to see how smooth he is with all of that. I'm curious to see his times more than other guys. There, There's a lot of that testing stuff that I'm going to be real, real interested to see. Still think he's a good player. Still think he's going to be um, a, a good fit uh, in NFL teams. But I just don't know that you're going to ever be uh, impressed with him as an athlete. 
You know, and I'm going to ask you, where does his style of play fit? I'm going to give you one that popped into my head. It feels like he would be the good opposite in uh, some 12 personnel with Mark Andrews. You know, like a, a, yeah. willing, a willing blocker, a, a guy that can do some of those things. I don't know that he'll ever be a tremendous dynasty or even seasonal fantasy asset. Based on what I know, obviously, guys, this is going to change a ton between yep. between December and draft day. But what, where do you think his style of play is going to fit well, and uh, whose job in the NFL could he take? So without going to the team right away, I would really like to see him probably more in a, a smash-mouth type of offense. You're right. You mentioned uh, a lot of 12 personnel, two tight end sets. Um, I, I want to see him used uh, alongside a good tackle and just use that as as road graders just to be able to uh, big runs, big plays, things like that in the running game. But I don't want it to seem like he's not a capable receiver. He's a very capable receiver, very good hands, very solid hands. Uh, he's just not going to break away the 60-yard touchdown ever or anything like that. So, uh, But, yeah, he's he's a talented player. I do like him, uh, but I want to see him more in a – uh, a run-heavy scheme. You know, I don't know who the new head coach is going to be, and maybe they don't get a new head coach, but I, f- I feel like they will. could be Jacksonville. Jackson- yeah. Jacksonville is going to, if everything holds true to form, they're going to have a very expensive uh, piece of property back there behind the, the center in, in Trevor Lawrence. And if this guy's a good blocker and, you know, a willing blocker behind, I mean, an offensive line, that was my number one fear for Joe Burrow is they weren't going to protect him, and there's not a lot at the tight end position. And I think Jacksonville's got something like 12 or 13 picks. So maybe they can splurge they and, could. And, and get a guy like this. All right, My James Robinson shares wouldn't mind. Man, man um, don't get me started on James Robinson. He, he's carried me to a couple of championships, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hurt at all that. You know, he is, I think, at this point, he may be the only running back on the season to have double digits in every single game. Amazing. Just an amazing season it's for James Incredible. Just uh, unbelievable. Uh, all right, I got another one. Um, again, so when I got these last two, because obviously you, we, we've heard of Friar Muth and we, we've heard of Pitts. We're going to get to him in a minute and Brevin Jordan. But these other two guys I, I got directly from Walter Football. Okay. And, and this next guy, I, I, I think he was he was fifth on their list, but he caught me because of his last name. If you're familiar with the classic Saturday Night Live skits on uh, Jeopardy, this guy's name is Jake Ferguson. Trust me, he's going to be known as Jake Turd Ferguson very quickly yep. in the in the in the fantasy and dynasty world. It's not his fault. It's really not. But who is Jake Jake Ferguson, tight end out of Wisconsin? Real quick, one last thing on Kohler, real fast. Sure. If for some reason Johnu Smith does not resign, or even if he does. I wouldn't mind seeing Kohler in Tennessee. I think that would be an interesting spot uh, for him. But going on to Jake Ferguson, Jake Ferguson's really an interesting one because compared to most of the guys on this list, he doesn't necessarily have the uh, production that a lot of these other guys have. Uh, this He's a junior coming out. If he comes out, I don't think he's officially declared yet, um, but it's, he's a junior coming out. And he's done some really nice things for Wisconsin. Wisconsin isn't a huge tight end uh, school. Traditionally, we've had a, a couple guys come out of there, um, but but it's not necessarily a huge uh, tight end school. But he's an interesting prospect. He's, he's kind of on the thinner side. Uh, I'd like to see him bulk up a little bit. Uh, but he's got, he can, he's got some playmaking ability. He's, he's a player over there uh, in, in Madison. 
All right, interesting. Now, now I think I think the the measurements I read was like six foot three, two forty, and I think that's probably generous. I've seen as low as two twenty five, two thirty at places. See that that that's a little that's like a that's like a modified slot tight end. I'll be very curious to see his athletic measurables at the combine this year, and I'm hoping to see you at the combine this year. We'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed, man. With with with, uh, with everything going on in this world, but what does he do well? I'm assuming based on his size that he's maybe not the best blocker. Is he a really good receiver? He's an interesting blocker. He's definitely willing. Um, and he's got the frame for it. You can see the build is there. He's just skinny. So there's a lot of times where defenders will just literally take him and throw him. Um, and you see he he doesn't have a very wide base. He, he keeps his feet way too close together uh, at times. Uh, but the aggressiveness is there. It's just the, the the capability at this point to do it is there, uh, but he is he's a good he's a good receiver. He's a little loose with the football at times, uh, but he can make some nice catches. I'd like to see him use his hands more than his his body. He does a little bit of body catching here and there, but then you know you, you'll see him do that a few times, and then he'll pluck one out of the sky, supernatural. So I just want to see him do that more often as opposed to uh, you know letting it hit him in the chest and things like that. But uh, he's a he's a really um, I don't want to say uh, he's a little bit raw compared to some of these other guys. Nothing wrong with being raw, man. The NFL is great at developing people. Uh, I remember this time last year, we were all a little concerned about Chase Claypool, who has done a good job. Um, We we were talking just a minute ago about quarterbacks. Things can change. Don't let what you read and hear on the internet about these guys sway you. We're just trying to learn who these guys are. And they're trying to learn, you know, their role in the NFL. So, so that's what he does well. What, what does he have to work on? Obviously, you would like to see him put on some weight. Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- what are your other concerns? Yeah, definitely needs to get bigger. I would love to see him add at least, you know, ten to fifteen pounds by combine season, which guys seem to do. That that's usually, you know, they if they said they they weigh, you know. 235 they usually come to the combine at 245 you know so the the guys that are getting them ready for the draft are will be working on some of that kind of stuff so i'm not overly concerned about that uh but he really needs to work on refining his game like i said his 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 technique and blocking isn't very good he's not a technician there uh he, he's a little bit loose with the football um he he does some body catching like there's just a lot of those kinds of things where he needs to refine his game. He needs he needs more Pat Fryermuth in his life, where you know he he does a lot of the the things well. It's just kind of sloppy at this point. I want to see him become more of a technician, and these are all things that can be coached up. These are all things that can can get better. And like I said, it does look like he has the aggressiveness out there. Uh, so he's he's going to be an interesting one to target because c- could I see him be a mid to early third round guy at the NFL level? Sure, like that's I could see him going there in the draft. Could I see him fall into the fifth, early sixth? I could see that too. So it's going to be an interesting uh, time because he doesn't have a ton of tape, especially with how few games Wisconsin played this year. So it'll be really interesting to see how the NFL values him. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. The, the The world needs more tight ends now. Now, what scheme is best going to allow him to develop? Maybe he's the kind of guy who needs to redshirt. Maybe yeah. he needs, you know, maybe a year behind a guy like Travis Kelsey. 
uh, who's 31, will be 32 in the 2021 season. Obviously, he's playing at an extremely high level, but wh- where would be an, uh, an opportunity for, for Mr. Ferguson here to uh, develop his craft and maybe one day be a benefit to our dynasty rosters? I think he's a guy that, that you can move all over the place a little bit, so I think he could do some standing up. Uh, in the slot there. I think he could also, uh, if, if he gets the the weight behind him, I think he could be an inline blocker as well. But you're right. I, I think he does need some time to develop. So I wouldn't necessarily hate a system that is going to be uh, more of a pro-style offense, but not afraid. Uh, basically, all offenses at this point are using some form of of shotgun and and spread offenses. And so they're, they're all incorporating schemes. And that's, that's the hardest part in today's NFL is, all, all of these offenses are incorporating so many different pieces and parts of all these other kinds of offenses. So, um, But I, I don't necessarily want to see him in an air raid type offense or anything like that because I do think that he's going to be um, a guy that could benefit blocking once he once he gets that uh, to that point in his size and his, his ability and things like that. So I wouldn't mind seeing him maybe like in Seattle, uh, a place like that, sit behind – uh, Hollister and Disley and things like that. And, you know, learning for a little bit, because those guys are capable players, but not special by any stretch of the imagination. And then hopefully can fill in and become a Greg Olson type of player. Hey man, you, you're speaking to my heart. I was really, and he, he flashed a little bit, but he's old with Greg Olson. That Seattle tight end position is low key, just ready mm-hmm. for someone to pop. And I think Disley has tried. I think Hollister has tried. Greg Olson has tried. Man, I, that's a low-key, really good spot for one it of these is. five guys. That Man, that's a hell of a call right there. All right, guys, we're going to take just a second and tell you these last two guys. We're going to give Garrett a break to get a sip of water, and we're going to let you know that this next little segment's brought to you by our friends at Hate Brand Goods. That is the official apparel provider of my, my gym life. Um, I, they have new joggers that with, with a new logo. Um, they, they dropped more of the goat shorts. You hear me and Dr. Kyle talk about on the big bet podcast. Uh, I just have two more ordered this morning on the way. You're like, why are you doing ordering stuff the week of Christmas? I'm like, guys, it's a new release. What do you want me to do? Um, they have the inspiration is for amateurs collections and just a lot of really cool stuff. And I do promise that I'm trying to get Matt, the owner of hate brand on the show he is a two-time Highland Games world champion uh, at good athletics run in the family. His brother played in the NFL for both the Dolphins and the Lions, but just overall a good dude, and I love supporting the little guy, like the Dynasty Warzone, like the Dynasty Nerds. We're not ESPN. We're not Fox Sports. But if you want to check out their gear, just head over to thehate.com. That's the H-V-I-I-I.com. And uh, the new joggers. Uh, I love the design on the back of the calf. Uh, that I'm about that action. So, uh, thanks to Matt and the guys over at Hate Brand. All right, Garrett, we're gonna we're gonna hit the home stretch. We got two right. to go. Uh, this next guy comes from Tight End University, the OG Tight End University. It is the U. The University of Miami uh, has given us such wonderful tight ends as uh, let's see Jeremy Shockey, who is a personal yep. favorite, Greg Olson, and I'm drawn. Oh, Kelly Graham. Yeah, and Jimmy Graham, Kellen Winslow, the deuce. And he's a soldier, if you remember that rant from, <laughs> from, from back in the day. Jeremy Shockey might be my all-time favorite tight end. and I, He was great in spurts, but Jeremy Shockey was a great dude. But, oh, your boy David Njoku. Yep. He's not been great yet, but uh, 
we'll see what happens. I really like Harrison Bryant on your Cleveland on your Cleveland team. But uh, Brevin Jordan, man, who is Brevin Jordan? Can he be the next uh, great wide? Uh, excuse me, the next great tight end out of the U? So he's very different than any of the guys that we've talked about so far. We've talked about more big, physical. They've got the size six six type of players. He's not that. He's probably being generous six three. I'm guessing he's going to to come in at around six two. Uh, as far as his his measurables, he's another guy that's right around that 230 pound mark. So, you know, like I said, I, I I'm not necessarily saying they become these players. I'm just trying to give you a, kind of a mental picture a little bit. Think more Irv Smith. Think more Evan Ingram. Think that kind of style of tight end. Where, uh, but the thing is, I think he is one. Well, I'll, I'll save this for the strengths, but I think he's a special playmaker, and I think that's what's going to set him apart from some of these other guys. Now, we're going to talk Kyle Pitts in a minute, but for a lot of people, he is their tight end one in this class. And, and, and what does he do well? What does what does uh, sets him apart from the other guys we've already talked about? Brevin Jordan, this is not something you normally say about a tight end. Brevin Jordan makes people miss in the open field. Like, he turns into this hybrid running back wide receiver with the ball in his hands. He's hurtling guys. He's juking guys out. Like he is a playmaker at the next level. And I think that's the thing that you're really going to like is he's going to be a good athlete, uh, but a guy with a lot of the the quick twitch athleticism to, to be able to not just get the first down, but be able to make some of those big plays in the open field. Man, you you are speaking sweet music to us. So, what is he going to have to work on? Is he going to have to? I mean, obviously, he's not going to get much taller right. at around twenty one, twenty two years old. But what does he need to do to uh, translate to the NFL and, and and be a star? Yeah, he's not blocking. Like, there's just not there's just not much of that there uh, in his game. I, I would love to see it, but the hard part is a lot of times with you know the Evan Ingrams, the Irv Smith Juniors, they they just don't ask him to do it much, just because. There's just not enough size there to be able to do it consistently against solid edge players, solid edge defenders. Uh, you know, when you think about the the TJ Watts and the Miles Garrett's and stuff like that lining up on the edge, it, it just seems like a nightmare for a guy like him. So uh, I would like to see him get better in that regard, but I just don't know how much it's going to matter at this point. So that, but that's definitely his biggest weakness. Okay, and <laughs> what's a, what's a good fit for him from? Uh, an NFL standpoint, we, we, we've used Seattle. That that feels very, very Seattle. Although I think for Russell Wilson, I would love to see him have a tight end that could do a little bit of blocking more than sure. sounds like, like he's capable. So what's a good fit for him once he gets to the NFL? Yeah, I think he can I think he can fit a lot of different systems. I do think he would be a good 12 personnel, not because he's necessarily a good blocker, but a lot of times you like to have guys that, you know, one of your tight ends is more of the the mauler and one's more of the pass catcher and I think he would much more so be in that pass catching role. He could line up in a more spread offense, um a more uh, air raid type offense. He could line up. He's going to he's going to stand up probably 80% of the time. He's going to he's he's going to be in the slot there. I wouldn't hate to see him, and it's going to seem kind of a weird fit at first, but I would actually like to see him go to Baltimore. I think he would be a very good fit because Lamar Jackson's skill set isn't, you know, throwing throwing down the sidelines, deep, long passes. It's a lot of the underneath game. And so far, really the only guy in that offense that's been a proven pass catcher is Mark Andrews. Get another strong tight end from him on the other side 
lots of crossing patterns, a lot of different things. I actually think that could be really good, not just for that team, but also potentially good fantasy value as well. Uh, I like it. And I do, I was thinking, man, Miami, but they've already got Gasecki uh, in in that less than a stellar blocking role. But man, all right. I, I, I love it. So, uh, we got one last one. Let's uh, let's get let's get to the main event. Uh, I am not the big I am not the big college football guy. I, sure. I I don't have a lot of time. I love the NFL. I really rely on guys like you and Ray and Nick and Travis May and Kane and so many others. Shane Hallam and I, I rely on you guys. But obviously, I follow a lot of people on Twitter. And this next guy, every Saturday that he's played. <laughs> Without fail, I have seen highlights of Kyle Pitts mossing people left, right, and center. Tell me about Kyle Pitts. Who is Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver. Like, I know he's a tight end. I know he's listed as a tight end. Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver, uh, which is going to be great for fantasy value because if anytime you can put a, a wide receiver in your tight end slot, that's that's sweet, sweet music. That's exactly what ended up happening with Darren Wallen. Darren Waller's a he's a wide receiver. He yeah, he gets the tight end designation, but dude's a wide receiver. He's gonna line up outside more often than not. I think that's what Kyle Pitts is going to do. We're talking about a freak athlete, a guy with the size. He's six five, six six. So he's got he's he's not like Jordan where he's you know a little bit undersized. He's got the full size, but he's 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 slimmer. He's a little bit uh, and it actually worried me for a little bit until I really dug into the tape. Because he's got a much more slender frame. And I was like, man, I hope he doesn't get broke by some of these defenses playing inside there. But, uh, yeah, I, it's hard not to be a big Kyle Pitts fan. It was uh, some really good debates as to which one of those three guys should be the top tight end but uh, before the season. But I think it's pretty clear now for probably 97% of people would probably concede to the fact, even if they weren't a Kyle Pitts guy before that, He's going to be the first tight end off the board, and deservingly so. Well, when you said he was slender built, I'm like, man, he's listed at 240. But I guess when you're stretching it across six foot six, it, it 240 doesn't go as far as it as it used right, to. Right, right. And uh, you you you've uh, you've invoked a great idea for me. So as those of us that play a lot of tight end premium, you and I are in the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League yep. together. Uh, I think we should invoke a new rule. We'll get with Tyler. And any wide receiver that weighs more than 240 pounds, we should automatically give them tight end designation. I mean, who says no to that? I mean, that could work. If Megatron, that would have been great for Megatron back in the day. Or uh, Claypool's close to that. I think he's 230, but he, he's not far off. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I, I think we're going to fix the tight end position, whether the world is ready for it or not. All right, so we, we've heard so much good stuff. W- what is he going to have to do? At the NFL level to, um, I mean, really be that. I mean, obviously we, we know he's bringing the tools with him, but what's he going to have to do to be that next Kelsey, that Kittle, that Waller that we're all craving and dying for as tight end premium players? I think the big thing that we see, uh, not necessarily with Kyle Pitts, but a lot of these, these fantastic athlete tight ends coming out is you know we, we we start to drool over the measurables and, and and what could be and more often than not unfortunately it either seems to take a while to translate or it never ends up translating quite the way that we we want it to and it seems to be more of these 
you know, steady Eddie guys that are good blockers, but also good receivers that end up flying up wide, you know, tight end boards. And it really wasn't until, you know, this year that we could say we've seen a consistent guy that's more of an athlete than a true tight end in Darren Waller. We've seen that be successful for a long period of time. Now, uh, I know that in the past there have been a couple of them as well. I'm not saying this is the first time ever, but it's the first time in a while. You know, we've had a long stretch of the Gronks, the Kelseys, um, you know, the Antonio Gates, the uh, George Kittles, the, you know, things like that, where they're not necessarily these super freak athletes, but there are these big physical players uh, that can make make type big types of plays like that. So uh, I think for him, it's going to be translating that athletic ability to NFL safeties, to NFL linebackers, to, uh, you know, being able to to win against those guys. Uh, not just with his ability. I think we mentioned a little bit earlier uh, with with somebody else as well, but but also being able to be enough of a technician to win that way as well, not just solely relying on his athleticism. Awesome. Now, I I don't think there's an offense in the league that wouldn't love to have. A, <laughs> I literally a, a, put anywhere when when I saw that question. I have yeah. a couple specific ones, but that was my first thought. <laughs> But, but here's the thing, and, and and this is one of the things. Like again, I just want to reiterate it for the listener that again he fits everywhere. But there's going to be certain spots that are really going to give us fantasy points. That's what we're we're, we're star for at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Andy Reid spoken for. Uh, I mean, he's too far. He's too good of a prospect to make it to New Orleans. But but where's an offense that could really just make us go crazy as dynasty GMs. It's going to be interesting because a lot of the early picks, the only team in the top 10 that I could say confidently as of this moment without trades or guys leaving in free agency that I could say it would make sense for them would potentially be the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I could see that happening, but at this point they have so many other needs beyond tight end that I think it, I think at this point that's more of a luxury pick and they kind of need to rebuild a little bit. So I don't necessarily see that happening. So I think we're going to probably have a team end up trading up to probably get him because I don't see him going past 12, maybe 15 at best. And and I think there's a very real possibility he goes inside the top 10. So two teams that I would personally really like to see him end up on that I think would be good fits. One would potentially be Arizona. I think he would be a really, really good fit for the Cardinals there. We've seen Dan Arnold actually have decent success there this this season, which in the past they hadn't really utilized the tight end much. But when you have a guy like that, I think that's kind of what they were hoping they could have in a Hakeem Butler. I think that's what they were hoping they could have uh, or what they did have for a while in, in Larry Fitzgerald, just a, a big physical player, a lot of those catches. So, uh, And I know, obviously, Nuke, he can do it all. He's already there. He's amazing. Um, but I, I think he would be a good fit as a tight end there. I also wouldn't mind him seeing him on the Washington football team. And that's a team that might not end up having to trade up to do it, depending on how that division shakes out. So that's the interesting part is right now they're picking 19. But if they end up losing that division to either the, the Giants or the Cowboys, now all of a sudden they're right back in the top 10. And I think that could be another team that it would be a good fit for, for them. Let me blow your mind on one for, for Kyle Pitts. It would, right. it, would, it would melt Dynasty and Fantasy Twitter. Are you ready? All right. Hit me with it. The L.A. Chargers let Hunter Henry walk. He's playing on the franchise tag. And, right. the, LA, and the L.A. Chargers draft Kyle Pitts at ninth overall as that- uh, the, the next weapon. 
for you know, young Justin Herbert. What does that do to the dynasty world? Just oh, the, the world breaks, right? It just, oh, it just, for sure. Yeah, that would be incredible. And that was kind of what I was alluding to, assuming no one leaves in free agency or anything like that. That was the one destination that I could say, I could see that happening because another guy that could, could let walk would be Mike Williams. It was another guy that would be a big physical player, downfield threat. You know, he would, he would, he would be able to do Mike Williams type stuff. He would be able to do Hunter Henry type stuff. He could do all of that. Uh, and you pair up a, a weapon like that alongside a Justin Herbert. It could be, it could be pretty sexy. So I wouldn't have an issue with it. Uh, but that team also does have a lot of, uh, have a lot of other needs. So that's the other thing is, he could use some O-line help. He could use, you know, that defense could use some love. So that's going to be the tricky part, but you're you're spot on. If that happens, he he's skyrocketing value. To, to, to the moon. So, yep. listen, I am so grateful that you were able to take some time. Guys, do remember that when guys like Garrett, Ray, Nick, they're sharing their time, it's the holidays for them too. He's got little ones. He's got a job. He's got a family. And he's taking a little bit of time out of his busy schedule to talk. Not not even the sexiest position. He's not talking quarterbacks. He's not talking running backs. He was kind enough to share his expertise in the dynasty world with tight ends. Garrett, man, great seeing you. Great to see your smile leading up to this uh, this holiday season, man. What else is going on? What do you want these people to know? Uh, what are you working on? You and... Uh, I got I to gotta be like a better friend to Matt. I've, Matt and uh, uh, Rich... I've had you on several times. We're all in the league together. They gotta be like, have I done something? Why will he have me on, man? What's going on with you guys? Uh, we're doing well, man. Matt Matt likes to keep it low key. Like he he would much prefer to just you know hang out in the back and you know crunch the numbers and and do the podcast and call that good. Uh, I was joking with him the other day. Matt has almost ten thousand Twitter followers, which. Is blows my mind because he literally does nothing on Twitter. So I don't know if people have just seen his picture and know how good looking he is or or what it is, how he's gotten so many followers. But yeah, he's at like 9,000 something with literally doing nothing. Uh, so that's incredible in and of itself. <laughs> Dude, that, that's awesome. And, and you know, the, the, the nerds is what all of us as dynasty uh, based content, you know, strive to be. They're extremely professional. They're running a great business. They've got great tools, great apps, great website. Uh, and I'm not too good to, to put over you know someone in this space. It's just a great group of, of, of people. I don't want to say guys because I, I, I'm sure you guys have ladies on the team as we well. Do, yep. And it's just awesome to see. And they're Midwest-based. Man, they're my neighbor in Ohio. Right. And I hopefully that we're able to do the Midwest Fantasy Football Convention again there in Canton. And now, did the draft in 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 Cleveland get bumped one year? I believe that's the case. Is that correct? It did. It did. It got bumped. It got bumped one year. I, you know what? That's fine. I'm I'm going to make the roadie. I think uh, it got, did. Let me double check. I thought it did. That, for some that, reason, that feels but... correct because the NFL is really good about taking care of cities, and I know they owe a draft to Vegas. So I, I feel like they just slid everything back one. Everyone's going to get their turn. You know I actually think now that I'm thinking about it, I think they bumped. Vegas to 2022. That maybe so, that's what it was. Okay, but, but I know someone got bumped. Right. Yeah. I think. I think it's in. I think I thought it was in Cleveland because we were talking about it the other day. Let me. I don't know. But I'm hey, talking about. We're, we're we're gonna we're gonna hook up when, when it comes to Cleveland. You you come yeah it is Indy. in Cleveland sure it is in Cleveland. Awesome. I'll I'll see you guys in late April. You uh you made it to Indy for the combine. I will make it 
to Cleveland. That's what I like to hear. For the draft. Well, man, listen, it's great talking to you. Great catching up. Uh, if I don't talk to you again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and the family and all those nerds. Thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate it. We, uh, yeah, we, we love you guys. You guys have a great show. And uh, we, we always appreciate it. You're always one of the most most generous guys on, on Twitter with, with, you know, shelling out compliments and, uh, you know, pumping other people's stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. So we, we always do really appreciate that. Only to those that deserve it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, on behalf of Garrett, I am Memphis. Remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll talk to you tomorrow as we do our mock draft that's normally on Mondays. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands of monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what. Well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the depth of Patreon is the, uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. <laughs>